So with Seattle Deshmaya, I just want to give a little preface to um, where we're drawing our uh, wisdom from. And so I, I, you know, I sit with uh, with Hagayon Hakam Rabbi Yaakov Hillel here in Jerusalem from the uh, he's a Rosh Hashiva of Ahava Shalom, and also um, we're getting a lot of the information in terms of the details in the Kavana of each of what we daven in our Shmona Esrei or an Amida uh, from this amazing Sadiq. And so I just want to give you a little bit of background on him that basically and it's rabbi shostak and rabbi shostak he was he lived he lived in the u.s okay and he received his um he studied under uh rabbi yeheskel sarna which was a rosh yeshiva of uh hebron yeshiva here in, in jerusalem and uh, Rabbi Sarna was especially noted, by the way, for his association with the Musar movement and was especially sensitive to the various connections between ethical behavior and religious spirituality. And also, he learned as well and got a smicha from Hagayon Maranavadi Yosef Avishalom. And so he was passionate. Uh, Rabbi Shostak was very passionate about bringing an awareness of people that when they stand in front of God in prayer, that a person should connect and be guided by the presence of the divine, by the Shekhinah. And so he wanted to also bring that education to the masses because he saw that there was a great need that in the, the, the school system, and the, the shivot and so forth that, that there was no there was no classes spe- specifically you know involved with teaching tefillah what is tefillah and so it's not a simple task to achieve that sense of awareness and so he created a a safer called speaking to god which is a personal guide to making your tefillah more meaningful and Rabbi Zev Shostak, Havi Shalom, he wanted to make sure that when people would daven and they would pray, that they would know and have a, a kavana and, and, and to know who they're standing in front of and understand, you know, what it's all about. And for many, many years, for perhaps for all of his adult, adult life, he was deeply concerned about the failure of the educational system at every age and at every level. And he wanted to so much properly educate people in the fundamentals of prayer. And so, and especially in the fundamentals of meaningful and emotionally impactful prayer. And this concern propelled him to develop his own educational techniques. And these are the techniques that we're going to be learning. We're going to be learning here with Siata Dishmaya, we're going to learn uh, on how to find answers that basically, like how do we deal with un- unanswered prayers and, and, and so forth. And, you know, what, it, what does that mean when I'm standing and I'm doing and I'm saying a Shema or when I'm an Amidah? What's happening here? You know, what does all this mean? And this is something that we need to know because when we stand in front of the king, we need to have Kavana. We need to know what we're doing because it's hard for many of us to find meaning in our prayers. It's very hard because 
People recite the same prayers day in and day out. And, and every day, repetition doesn't inspire spontaneity. It also may be difficult for us to personalize our prayers. And we're often written in the collective form for the entire Jewish people rather than in the private expression of the individual. We also have difficulty in relating, let's say, to the English translation of the prayers. This frequently fails to convey the powerful prose of the Hebrew text into contemporary English. It's sad that we may even try to speak to God through the Siddur, but the Siddur doesn't always speak to us for us. So what happens when we can't connect to God through the, the Siddur? Our minds wander and we subconsciously go on autopilot. And ultimately, with all the distractions around us and the ongoing pressures of our fast-paced society, it's not surprising that we find it challenging to focus on the inner meanings of our tefillah, of our prayers. And, and so we're here to learn, if those who are in this group, it's because we want to seek greater meaning in our prayers. We want to we wanna be able to, to, to reach rich and meaningful translation of our prayers and, and we're going to call this it's going to be called from classic sources of our great rabbeim like the essential prayers of of shema which is the very foundation of our belief in god and our commitment to his commandments and the shemona esrei composed by the men of the great assembly about two thousand years ago speak to us with relevance today and just as they did to our forefathers rc Dur is a true classic that is meaningful to young and old in every single generation so merely analyzing the text doesn't yield appreciation we need to be aware of the background and context of our tefillah it's called from the teachings of our great rabbis throughout the centuries and according to our rabbis prayer represents us with three major roles number one praising god shavak number two petitioning him for our personal and communal needs bakasha and number three is demonstrating gratitude to god for all that he does and so what's the nature of the specific prayer that we're offering are we praising god making requests of him or demonstrating gratitude so in fact our daily shmona esrei we do all three in precisely that order and there's an order to the entire siddur which is the reason we call our our, our prayer book a siddur from the word seder mean order and we're going to highlight the contemporary applications of our prayers and as they pertain to us when we pray with 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 a with, with a congregation we pray as individuals who seek personal relationship with god and we're going to learn how to address the question how do we relate to god personally or through prayer and so we're going to dive in here and we're going to learn and we're going to look closely at some of our prayers and reflect upon their themes and we're often challenged to grasp their deeper meanings for example when we recite the well-known prayer the ashray we declare god is good to all and his mercies are on all his works but how do we perceive god's mercy when the ravages of, our, of war and famine befall innocent victims where are his mercies on all his works and the psalm continues god is close to all who call upon him and to all who call upon him sincerely so how do we explain why the righteous suffer and surely they call upon god sincerely Another example, in the first blessing of the Shmona Esra, we find a difficult wording. The, 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 the praise is, is literally translated, he bestows good kindness. And we have to ask ourselves, are there bad, evil kindnesses? So, by definition, a kindness cannot be bad. An evil kindness is an oxymoron. And moreover, David Amalek declares that God is good to all and his mercies are on all his works. So if God is good to all, he doesn't disperse, dispense evil to any. So what does good kindnesses mean? 
All these questions are part of a greater issue of faith. And why do the righteous suffer and the wicked prosper? And most often we hurry through our prayers and we don't find time to stop and reflect on these troubling passages. And we're going to address it in these lessons and we're going to relate to issues at greater length, you know, in, 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 in you know, throughout our, our, our shiurim here. And so let's reflect on this well-known verse of the Shema. You shall love my master, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your resources. And what does that mean? And consider the translation based on the Talmudic rendition of our rabbi. Love my master, your God, with all that you are, your drives and your passion, even if you must surrender your very life to sanctify his name. Love him with all that makes you special, your talents and your unique abilities. And the interpretation of this verse is a much richer and more meaningful version than the well-known literal translation. It expands all your heart to direct both our heart's positive drives and negative inclinations to God's service. With all your soul teaches us that life is not worth living and we must renounce our belief in God. And all our resources means that God has endowed each of us with unique abilities and talents to use in his service and to better mankind. So to love God, according to the rabbis, mean to make a total commitment to serve Him fully. And this sounds like a very tall order, and it is. But when we think about what God has done for us personally and continues to do for us, it makes this commitment easier. After all, everything we are and hope to be comes from God. And this gift of life for the opportunity to serve His majesty, King of the universe, we're indebted beyond words. And so the greatest challenge we encounter when we pray, whether we are beginners or experienced in prayers, is how to focus on our prayers. And it's far from simple. Our minds are often preoccupied with whatever we're doing before the service or, or planning to do afterwards. And sometimes, though we're open, we're open, we open our sidurim, we find we, we, we may be fortunate enough to experience a startling spiritual awakening. Do you realize what you're about to do right now? So you're going to speak to God. The one and only being who can answer your prayers, make things happen, help you resolve your problems and make life better for you. And we're all aware that speaking to God and connecting with him is what prayer is all about. Yet, how do we redirect our thoughts from the mundane to a sublime spiritual experience? There's a number of suggested uh, approaches that we've enabled uh, previous generations to direct lechavin, their prayers to the Almighty. Well, we're going to mention a few of the important ones here briefly, but we're going to go into greater detail in, in, in you know, Bezat Hashem, there's going to be a special uh, session that we're going to learn about Kavana. And so to prepare, prepare whenever possible, you, you, you get there on time, you know, don't go rushed so you can be ready to, to, to both spiritually and logistically. And jot down your mental list of things to pray for and post them on sticky notes in your personal sidur. And reflect on personal prayer in English that you read or compose that's most meaningful to you. And you may want to close your eyes and hum an inspirational ligum, tune to yourself. Meditation is also extremely valuable in helping you to focus on the one most important thing you're about to do, which is connect to God. So in order to feel most comfortable, you have to have a set place where you pray on a regular basis. You know, it could be if you go to shul and you want to daven in shul, okay, have a set place where you go. If you're at home and you're praying at home like most of us do, then have a set place where you go and you pray. 
so in that spirit it's also recommended that you use your personal sidor and all your when wherever you're praying and all your dealing services and that sidor should also include personal entries to pray for people who are sick suffering or as private supplications in english so unlock the inner messages of the Hebrew terms. We have to search for the three-letter roots of each word, which often reveal the origins and applications to those terms. Like the Hebrew word for blessing is bracha. And do we bless God in our prayers or does God bless us? How do we lowly mortals bless God? We may praise God, but how do we bless him? After all, he's the ultimate source of all the blessings. In fact, when we begin a blessing with the words baruch atah, you are blessed God, we are not blessing him. We proclaim that he's a source of all blessing. So when the priests Kohanim and bless their fellow Jews, they are only conduits of God's blessing. They're not extending their personal blessings. So if we look at the Hebrew root, root word for blessing, bracha, these three root letters shed much light on our discussion. And the first elucidation of these letters is brachot, bracha, meaning an endless pool or spring, while the second bracha means ni. The former derivation sees God as the endless source of blessing, indeed, the one and only source of blessing in the world. And the second explication of bracha is taken from a powerful verse in Isaiah. To me, every knee shall bow and every tongue swear loyalty. And this is the great vision for the end of time, when every being will recognize that one God as a supreme being and acknowledge his total sovereignty by bowing before him. And so that, with that being said, we have to understand that we're going to learn here not just to read from our Sidurim and just be robotic, but we're going to understand how to make our tefillah more meaningful, how to, how to connect to our God, how to personalize our prayers, how to have meaning in what we say. We're going to do this in English because it should be a language that you understand. And if you're Israeli, for example, and Hebrew is your first language, then fine, good. So then you should also maybe listen to these lessons as well so you could understand also what you're saying when you say what you say. But oftentimes it's mostly that people are reading and they're davening and they're saying words that they don't understand fully. And so here we're going to learn the root meaning of the words, why we say what we say, where it comes from, what's the kavana, what it should be, what's the essence, what's the meaning, what's the connection. And yeah, take notes, open your door and take notes along the way. You're going to have to take notes notes this is work in progress if you want to connect to god we're going to learn how to do that we're going to study we're going to learn we're going to have lessons we're going to do shiurim we're going to do all that take notes so you don't forget okay and then share them with others teach others as well because when you teach someone else to do something you retain the information fully for yourself in a more practical and, and, and meaningful way so if it's not Hashem, you can always also add people to this group. There's functions here where you can add others to the group as well. So we're going to start with our lessons. Bezat Hashem, I just wanted to give you a little bit of an introduction of where we're drinking, from which well. And so Bezat Hashem, we're going to come up with great resources, more resources, and truly, truly understand what we're actually davening when we stand in front of the king, when we're doing Shema Israel, and when we're doing our Amidah and so forth and so your comments are always welcome reach out to me with any particular questions and i'll be able to get your answers and meanwhile just have fun uh, ask hashem to open up you know uh, your 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 pipelines uh, to his throne and uh, fully make that connection meaningful for yourself